Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we are in a series, and we're starting a series called I Got Issues. I got issues. Um, and this series was birthed out of a series we were doing, Your Own Worst Enemy. And man, I just was, God was reading my mail. And so we're going to just talk about I got issues. And the truth is, all of us have issues, right? All of us have issues. All of us have stuff from the past that is affecting our present. And the challenge is, how do we not allow our issues to affect us? right, to affect our present, because you're going to have issues, but man, don't allow your issues to affect you, and so today I want to talk to you about faith falls and stub toes, faith falls and stub toes. Has anybody ever done a faith fall in this place? Um, we believe in crowd participation, right? I know I told you two weeks ago, no amen and no clapping, no let the big dog eat, all that stuff. This is the week you make up for it. So um, have you, anybody done a faith fall in this place? Okay, so um, we did group exercise. Usually this happens at a group exercise. And the only faith fall I have ever been involved in was as a youth pastor, we went to a camp called Camp Takatoka, only found in Oklahoma. Um, we went to Camp Takatoka, and they b- broke up our youth ministry into smaller groups, and each group had a group leader from Camp Takatoka. And our group leader in my group was the meanest college student I've ever met in my entire life. Um, I don't know if her boyfriend broke up with her five minutes before we were starting our activities, what was going on. She was mad at the world. Um, She was upset. Somebody hurt her. I'm just like, who hurt you? Um, You know, it's like she was upset. And we come to this place where um, we're getting ready to do a faithful. And right before this happened, um, this girl starts yelling at one of our men's sponsors, who's weird. Let's just be honest. There's weird people in the church, right? You might be one of them. We're glad you're here. Um, But... He was a weird guy, and she made our old weird guy cry. And that's okay for us to pick on him, but not somebody else, right? Like, that's our weirdo. You don't get to pick on our weirdo. We do. And so she made him cry. We're mad, we're upset, and we go to the faithful. And this lady shows us what the faithful is. In the faithful, you get up on a platform that's a little shorter than this stage. You turn around like this, and you've got your whole group out there, and they've got their arms crisscrossed, right? And they fold their arms like this, and they say, ready to fall. And all the group says, fall on, right? And what happens is when they fall, you're supposed to catch them. <laughs> now, do you guys remember the wind pants that made noise? <laughs> right? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Newsflash, they're coming back. Like, those are in style. So, Chad Craig, break them out, baby. You're going to be back in style. Yes. <laughs> Bam. My moment has come to shine. Um, Just don't bring the bike shorts back. Anyways, nobody needs to see that much leg. Um, So this lady has these pants on, ready to fall, fall on. She falls, and nobody said we weren't going to catch her. We just made eye contact and like, oh, we know what we're doing right now. And she went through our arms like butter. I mean, she just... But butter that made noise. She went like that, like because her pants just like this. And she hit that ground, boom. And she just went, oh, like that. And when she, 
When she fell, she stayed still for five seconds. Five seconds is a long time. It doesn't sound long, but we were like, are you dead? Right? Like, just like, this is And she got up, and if you thought she was mean before, she was mad. And she's like, I'm out of here. You're not doing any more ropes courses. There's no faith falls. I'm like, we're still doing faith falls. Um, but she's like, we're not doing anything else. I don't trust you, and I'm getting out of here, right? And she didn't come back because she had trust issues, and just like this lady who was dropped on accident, um, didn't happen on purpose. Um, nobody said a word, but right, just like she fell, and she had trust issues, so do you and I. Right, somebody dropped you. Somebody that you thought would never hurt you. Somebody that you thought would never talk about you. Somebody that you thought would never abandon you. Somebody you thought would never leave you. Somebody you thought would never betray you. Somebody that you thought would never share the most sacredive, secretive and sacred things that you shared. Your insecurities, the things you're struggling with. Somebody did. And as a result, you and me, we have trust issues. We got issues. We got issues with the duck quacking right now. <laughs> Please silence your cell phones. <laughs> I mean, I've heard speaking in tongues, but not quacking like a duck. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. Proverbs 16, 28 talks about it. It says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife and gossip separates the best of friends. And for some of this, this verse has played out to become reality. Somebody gossiped about you, somebody hurt you, somebody that you thought would never did. Somebody that you thought would never walk away did. Some of you, you know what the problem is? You feel abandoned. It's not like an ex-spouse, it's, it's a friend. Your best friend walked away and left you for something else. Your group of friends walked away and left you and you're just here and you now have trust issues where you don't want to open up, you don't want to become vulnerable because you've been hurt before. And how do you and I not let our trust issues affect us? Right? How do we not let the hurt and the pain keep causing hurt and pain? And here's what I want you to know today. Just because you have been hurt before doesn't mean you can't trust again. Just because you've been hurt in the past, just because you have been hurt before doesn't mean you can't come back to a place where you can trust again, where you can open your life up again. I have trouble sleeping at night. There's a lot of times um, I can't sleep. It happens at least once a week and I just get up because I don't want to keep my bride up. I don't want to keep Casey up and wake her up because it happens about one in the morning and I'm just awake and my brain's going and I'm like, it's like a beautiful mind, you know, I'm just like ready and like got chalkboards and strings everywhere. Um, it's just like, oh, I can't stop, right? So most of the time what will happen is I will get up and I will try to go back asleep in the guest room because the reality is I just, like once I wake up, I just move nonstop, which I know is really surprising for most of you to think, oh, he's hyper. Um, so. I get up and I'll go to the guest room, but on my way to the guest room, I try not to turn any lights on because I don't want to wake up anymore. And this past year, beginning of the year, 
Um, we got a new bed for the guest room because I'm in it so much. Um, and so um, we got a new guest room and we put our, um, our mattress. We were, anyways, we got a new bedroom suite for the guest room. And so we put this bed together and I was not familiar with this new bed's layout. I was familiar with the old bed, not the new bed. We got a platform bed and the legs of it kick out, but you can't see them. You know where I'm going. I'm walking Middle of the night, 1.30 in the morning, walking. And when I'm walking, I'm not like this, right? I'm walking with confidence. I got, I, this is my house. I know where I'm going. I got like night vision because there haven't been any lights on, right? I'm like, see everything. Um, and I'm walking in and I go into our room and I go into the guest room and I walk in and I hit the bed, that leg of the bed, and it did not budge. My toe crumbled like jello. It just went blah, blah, right there. My second toe hit it, and when it hit, it split my toes like the Red Sea, man, and Moses was standing with a staff. It scraped all the skin off between my second and third toe, and I did this. You know, I was just, I'm on the ground. Like, I broke it. I broke it. This isn't for show. Nobody's around. I mean, it it was the most painful moment of my life. It made a noise when I hit, they're just I was like, ugh, and I'm trying not to cuss or throw up in that moment. So I just got, I'm just going, mmm, mmm, it's broke. I get in the bed, it's throbbing, it's keeping me up. You know what I'm talking about right now. I get up the next morning, I can barely put my shoe on, it hurts so bad. And I tell my wife and all she does is laugh. She's doing exactly what you are. And here's what I want you to know. You know what? I still get in that bed even though it hurt me before. Because I got hurt by that bed doesn't mean I can't get into my master bed and be like, you know, I I don't think I can trust you because I've been hurt before. No, I can keep sleeping in a bed. I don't have to sleep on a couch. I can trust it again. But we do the same thing with our relationships. I've been hurt before. I've been hurt by a church. And you come in because of your past church hurt and you're putting on me what a pastor did to you. That's like me getting mad at every bed. Doesn't make any sense. And if I'm not sleeping on a bed, who's getting hurt? Me. And you're putting on the friendships what happened in a past friendship. And you know who's getting hurt? You. You're putting on your family hurt and mistakes that were made. Can I tell you, people are going to make mistakes. You're going to hurt people. I'm going to hurt people that you don't intend to. And when you personalize that and you hold on to that, you don't allow yourself to move on and to trust again because you're holding on to all the hurt, to all the pain. And as a result, because we have trust issues, we start isolating ourselves, right? And we become alone. And what happens is we become this lonely, angry person. And we're upset and we're angry and we're mad and we're not gonna let it happen again. And so we isolate ourselves and we get lonely and we get mad and we get angry and we get bitter and we're going against what the word of God says. In the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, when God makes Adam, he says this, it's not good for man to be alone. And yet some of you, you are trying to do life alone because you and I have trust issues. And God designed you and he designed me to need one another. This is why one of our core values is this. We are better together. It's not just a catchy slogan. Yeah, I guess we need five, right? No. 
It's because we understand you and I were designed to do life together. And here's what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter four. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Hear me today, no matter how, Justin, you don't understand. I don't understand. Justin, you don't get it. You don't know what I've been through. You're exactly right. I don't. But no matter how bad you have been hurt, listen, you can trust again. You can. And some of us are saying, but, but, Justin, I'm not ready. I, I just, because when you get hurt by people, sometimes if you're not careful, it bleeds into your relationship with your heavenly father. And you start putting on God what other people did to you. And here's a verse I wanna share with you, and it's quickly becoming one of my favorite verses I've ever read. Psalms 33, verse four says, for the word of the Lord holds true, and we can trust everything he does. Man, that is so good. For the word of the Lord, you know what? It's still true even though you're hurt. You can still trust him even though you've been abandoned and you feel betrayed. For the word of the Lord holds true and you can trust everything he does. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. He says, as for his failing you, never dream of it. Hate the thought of it. The God who has been sufficient until now should be trusted to the end. And no matter how painful it has been, no matter how big your issues are, listen, the word of the Lord is still true and you can trust him. So let me give you a charge today. Let me, let me encourage you on something and it's our second point. Stop putting past experiences on your present relationships. Stop putting past hurt on your present relationships. I have seen so many people who have put their past hurt into their present and it is sabotaging their present relationships. Some of you that are dating right now, I talked to a teenager after service and he came up to me, he's like, I got a question for you. You said, I gotta forgive. And we're gonna get to that in just a second. Some of you are about to walk out. Say seated, don't turn me off. Um, but. Some of you, like, he came up to me, he's like, my girlfriend broke up with me and talked about me and made up all these rumors. Are you saying I gotta forgive her? I'm like, yep. And some of you, you're in a relationship and you're dating or you're engaged. This is not applicable to married people right now. And after the first date, you've been, you've been cheated on before. You've been betrayed by a boyfriend, by a girlfriend. After the first date, you're proposing that you guys share a Life360 app together. Can I tell you, you don't need to date. Like that is not a solution. If you're asking them after the first date, I need to know your whereabouts every day. Run, baby, run. Get away. Go. Some of you that are married, can I tell you, you got remarried, you can't put your past, your ex-spouse's issues on your present spouse. You can't, that's not healthy for your marriage. But Justin, I don't, I don't know, but I know this, they're not who you were married to, so don't treat them that way and don't make that issue your issue now. Right, some of us, man, we're just hurt and we go in jaded and we're just sabotaging every relationship we encounter. We're sad. We walk into a room and people are laughing and they look at us because we just walked in the room and there's a voice inside the back of your head going, they're laughing at me. Why, why do we do this? Because you got issues. 
because I got issues, right? We've been hurt and we didn't deal with it. And some of us, we're like, well, I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't think that is me. Well, let me give you some signs that you have trust issues. There's five signs or maybe six signs. Six signs that you have trust issues. The first one is this, that you're paranoid, right? You're paranoid. Oh, they're talking about me. They're laughing at me, right? Are they really doing what they said they were doing? You're, you're paranoid. Second one is you have a lack of forgiveness, it's hard, almost impossible for you to forgive because the trust issues you have are driving the show. Third one is you're distancing yourself. From the distance, the further I keep people away, the less hurt I have to endure. Fourth one, you assume the worst instead of giving the benefit of the doubt. Right? Like, I am the worst phone person in the world. Like, I, I get a text, I read it, I'm like, oh, that's nice. I don't respond, so don't get your feelings hurt. It's just me, it's the ADD in me. Casey's like, I texted you five times and didn't respond. I'm like, I know, I'm sorry, babe, I love you. I love you, look at me, I love you. Getting better. But you know what, my wife doesn't assume that I'm running around cheating on her because I didn't text her back. She's like, my husband's an idiot and won't text me back. <laughs> that's, that's true. And when you have trust issues, your mind assumes the worst. We'll hit the next one. You go to the extremes when things get tense. The first argument you have, well, guess we're not friends anymore, right? Guess you don't want to be my best friend. Well, we just met. Probably not. You know, I guess, I guess I've been cut out of that circle. I guess you're fighting about where you and your spouse want to go eat. I don't want to go to Chili's anymore. I want to go to Chick-fil-A. Well, I guess I didn't know you were a Chick-fil-A guy instead of a Chili's guy. We just need to get a divorce. What? You're going to the extreme when things get tense or once there's arguments. Can I tell you, every relationship, whether it's a friendship or whether you're married, is going to have arguments in tense times. And if you have trust issues, man, you go to the extreme when those tense times come. And the other thing is this, you won't allow yourself to be vulnerable and open, and that's where I struggle. All the other ones of these, I do pretty good. But being vulnerable and staying open, that takes work. Weirdly enough, I can be vulnerable on stage, but not so much in person. Right? And some of you, you're great at being vulnerable in crowds, but not one-on-one because it's a defense mechanism. So how do we handle these issues? Glad you asked because Jesus has a great solution to this, and it's found in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 28. And Jesus said this, but to those who are willing to listen, I say love your enemies. Let me give us some context here. Jesus is talking to good Jewish people who are dealing with the Roman government. There are Roman soldiers that are coming in and they have conquered their country. They are running their government. They are in charge. They are ruling the nest and the Jews hate the Romans because the Romans are mistreating the Jews. They're crucifying Jews. They're abusing Jews. They're doing all these things. And Jesus comes in and he's talking to the Jews about the Romans and he says this, but if you're willing to listen, I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who hurt you. I love how it says in the Amplified, but I say to those, but I say to you who hear me and pay attention to my words, love 
That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your enemies. Ugh. Make it a practice to do good to those who hate you. Bless and show kindness to those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. There's four things Jesus gives. And the first one is this. He says, love those who hurt you. But you don't know Justin, love him anyways. But you don't understand, love him anyways. Love him. Well, Justin, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if I can do that. You can't. On your own, you can't. And this is where we talk about as believers of the Lord to live a spirit-led life. The Holy Spirit comes as your guide and your comforter to equip you to do things you are not capable of doing on your own. And one of those things is loving your enemies, is loving the people that hurt you, loving the people that talked about you, loving the people that betrayed you, loving the people that left you. Are you serious right now? I'm dead serious right now. That's what it means to, to, to seek to do a greater good on a regular basis. Now, now hear me, this doesn't mean that you gotta get close and be best friends with them, right? It doesn't mean that you're like, oh, buddy, buddy, and that you, you're just opening yourself up to be hurt. Right now, when I go back to the guest room, when I walk in, I'm walking in like a blind man now, right? Like I'm like, where's the leg? Because I'm not gonna walk in and get hurt again because I learned my lesson there, right? Distance doesn't equal bitterness. And for some of you, it's not that you have to become best friends, but you gotta love them. I can love you without being your best friend, right? And you can love someone. It doesn't mean that you agree with what they did or you're approving of what they did. You are loving them so that the unforgiveness and the hurt doesn't keep causing issues that are affecting you. The second thing he says is do good to people who hate you. And here's why. Here's why. Because the more good to, hold on. Because the more you do good to the haters, the less the hate gets into the do-gooders. Let me say that again. The more you do good to the haters, the less the hate gets into the do-gooders. Right? You do good because it benefits you and them. And it, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with him. The reason you do good isn't because they deserve it, it's because he commands it. Third thing is this, be kind to people who curse you and speak badly of you. I actually really enjoy this one because it makes things really weird. Like if I know somebody has talked about me and I know somebody has been just a weasel and a jerk, Man, I march my happy butt right up to them at the grocery store. Casey's like, I see them. I'm going this way. I'm like, not me. I'm going right at them. And I'm going to talk to them and tell them I'm praying for them and ask about their kids and their day and however. And they don't know what. They're just like, Ugh, you know? Like, this is the part where it's like burning, like pouring burning coals into their laps. I'm like, I'm great at pouring burning coals in people's laps. They're just like, I don't know what to do. This is so uncomfortable. And I just lean into it. I'm like, this is great. Do good to people who curse you and talk bad about you. And then Jesus says this and pray for them. I gotta tell you, that's where I struggle. But you're a pastor, I know. I, I struggle. So I struggle praying like I should, right? I can pray like David. God, I pray that you would smoke my enemy, right? Like I can, I can pray that, like just let them reap what they're sowing. I mean, I can, I can pray that, but man, I struggle and it takes me a while to get to the place where I can pray for him. 
Because if I'm not careful, I'm letting hurt and I'm letting my issues of trust dictate the narrative of my spiritual walk. And some of you, that's what's been going on and it's been going on too long. And if, if, if you're gonna trust again, even though you've been hurt before, you're gonna trust again, you gotta keep praying. Because prayer releases things. Right, when you start praying, it releases hurt, it releases anxiety, and it releases bitterness that you've been struggling with. And, and the beautiful thing about this, Jesus knew this. When you start loving your enemy and doing good to your enemy, and you start praying for your enemy, here's what it does. It leads you to a place in this passage of scripture that is verse 31, that you know is the golden rule, that you are doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Justin, that shouldn't apply to your enemies, but it does. And you are starting to make the golden rule your daily rule. You're starting to make it a daily thing that you are living out and you're starting to apply the word of God because this is how you start becoming a person that is vulnerable again and you're not just allowing your past to keep affecting your present relationships. Some of you, some of God's greatest blessings are friendships that you have right now, but you're not open to it and you are sabotaging it because you're putting what happened in your past on your present. Some of you, you have been hurt by church, you've been hurt by pastors, you've been hurt by church people, and you won't even come. That's why you're watching online today and you never come because you just know it's a matter of time and you walk in like this inside. And you're like, well, nobody talked to me. You've been here for five seconds. Well, that must be coffee for just like church people. That's coffee for everybody. Right, like, well, only five people shook my hands. And you come in so jaded because you are allowing, you're allowing what happened in your past to affect your present. Some of you, you have been hurt by family members and now you are distant from your family and you're cheating your kids and yourself out of a relationship with your parents and siblings and your friends and your family all because of what, stop sabotaging your future and your present relationships because of the hurt that has happened in the past. Don't allow your trust issues to affect you. Man, learn to love, to do good, to forgive and to pray. For those who hurt you. And let me give you one more charge today. Because if you will do that, then you might, you might do our third point. And it's this. Learn to pull people towards you instead of pushing people away. Learn to be a puller of people instead of a pusher of people. I've done ministry for 25 years and if I'm just really, really honest and really transparent, I gotta tell you, uh, it's, it's been hard, some aspects. Um, we've been hurt by pastor after pastor after pastor when we were on staff. We've had things said about us that were not even true. And we've dealt with hurt. When we would leave churches, they would say things about us. When we were at churches, they would say things about us. We had peace pastors that were just mean, just viciously mean to us. Our first church, I just wanted to quit. I had to be there at six in the morning and didn't get to leave to go home till 10 at night. I was my pastor's yard boy. I would tear down sheds. I would move curtains. I did all kinds of stupid, ridiculous stuff just so he thought he was getting his money's worth out of me. And I would come home and my wife's bawling because we're not seeing each other as newlyweds. And she's like, Justin, I can't do this. And I'm like, I can't do this either. And we, fight, we quit. And when we quit, he wrote a letter of resignation from us that we never wrote. 
and read it to the church. Talking about how we left the church for a bigger church and more money. I didn't realize this was written until two years later when I ran into the youth sponsor, one of the youth sponsors. And they're like, yeah, we, we got a letter that you wrote and Pastor, I'm not gonna say his name, Pastor read, and I'm like, I never wrote a letter. And they were like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm like, I never wrote a letter. See, we've been hurt. Can I tell you, 25 years of doing ministry, people are gonna hurt you. We've been hurt by church people, friends we've done trips with, vacations with, been in small groups with. I mean, they, they blew us up. <laughs> they hurt us, and here's what has happened. If I'm not careful, I'll do life this way. Because the further I keep you away, the less hurt happens. Can I tell you, just like, I, I caught myself. I shared this with our leadership team at our leadership retreat last year. I said, they just said, Justin, what can we pray for you about? What can we pray for you about? And I'm tired of doing life like this. Because this is not me. But because I got issues, this is my defense mechanism now. And some of you that have been left alone, whew, this is you. Because if you don't get close to another friend, if you don't get close to a friend group, then maybe it won't hurt as much. Some of you with, that have been married and relationships have fallen apart, if I just keep my expectations at a distance, if I just keep that relationship at a distance, then maybe, maybe it can keep the hurt away. You've been hurt by your kids. You've been hurt by your parents. You've been hurt by church people and you walk through life like this because you don't know if you can take this anymore. Pulling people in and letting people in and you don't want to be vulnerable and you don't want to be gullible and you don't want to be hurt again. And can I tell you, I hate, hate, hate being vulnerable. I hate opening up because the more I open up, the more chance there, are, there is for hurt, but this is no way to live. And if you are living your life like this, you are not living it out the way God created you. You're living it out, letting your issues affect you. So what do we do? We come to this place where Ephesians chapter four and Colossians chapter three become a reality. Ephesians four says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Colossians three says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience make allowance for each other's faults can I tell you people are not going to be perfect and they're going to hurt you even on accident make allowance for that make room for that and forgive anyone who offends you remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others and to all you that are doing this you haven't got to Colossians 3 or Ephesians 4 yet and I know it's hard and I know it makes you have to be vulnerable and that you have to open up, but you and I are called to be a pooler of people where we are pulling people towards us instead of pushing people away. And here's what I will tell you. Some of my best friends are in this room now. Some of the closest relationships I have are in this room, and that's not normal for a pastor. And why is that? It's not because they want to be 
friends with Pastor Justin. They could care less about the title. They just want to be friends with Justin. And can I tell you, tell you what's true for me is true for you. If you will go from here to here, God will fill your life with community, with relationships, with people. It may not always be easy and it may not always be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. But your biggest blessings will be the relationships that he brings to you and to your life. And going back to Psalms 33, 4, for the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. So for all of you that has trust issues, you can trust everything he does. And let's learn to open up instead of push away. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. As we have our heads bowed and eyes closed, before, before I keep praying, if you're here in this place, could you just be vulnerable with me for just a moment? If you have trust issues that you're struggling with, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Yeah, 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 there's so many hands. I just got trust issues, Justin. God, you see every hand. You see every situation. You see every circumstance. You see the hurt. You see the loneliness. And as a result, you see that we're trying to keep and live our life with our arms extended and keeping people at a distance because we're in survival mode. Lord, I pray today that there would be a healing that happens in these lives. In these lives that raise their hand and just say, I got issues. I've been hurt. I've been let down time and time again. And I don't, and so Lord, I pray that we would do the hard work of recovery. We would do the hard work of forgiveness. Because Lord, if we can come to a place where we forgive those who hurt us, where we do good to those who hurt us, that we bless those who hurt us, that we are praying for those who hurt us, it will allow us to come to a place where we are pulling people in instead of pushing people away. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would choose our way to forgiveness instead of trying to wait to feel our way there because we'll never feel like forgiving. But we've got to choose our way to forgiving others. And I pray today that you would help us with our issues so that we can become more like you and live this life out like the way you've intended us to live it. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.